Cardboard and Cracker Jacks podcast is a proud member of the TSP and the Timeskew Podcast Network. You can catch our podcast on a number of outlets, including Apple, Spotify, Google, along with timeskew.com. And you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter today at Cracker Jacks Pod. Hello, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Reboot Edition, the Reboot episode of the Cardboard and Cracker Jacks podcast. I'm your host, Tampa Tones, alongside a great buddy of mine and a great co-host as well, Billy Granado. We'll bring him in in a bit here shortly, but we just want to say thanks for sticking with us. Our following has stayed about the same. It's been a while since we've had an episode Um been several reasons for that nothing bad nothing in particular but don't worry we didn't go away we're not going away cardboard and cracker jacks is very much so here you can stick with us on time skewed follow time skewed at time skew pod follow the time skew podcast network at tspn underscroll to keep up with cardboard and cracker jacks and a handful of other podcasts as well you can find cardboard and cracker jacks as said in the beginning on apple spotify google and timeskew.com slash podcast so we're thankful to be back. It's the reboot edition, and we're here with Billy. Let's bring him in. Without further ado, Billy, how are we doing? I'm good, Tones. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for joining me. Uh, Jake will be in and out as well here over cardboard and Cracker Jacks episode. So between me, Bill, Jake, you'll you'll get um, your full spoon worth. Don't you worry. You'll get Cubs. You'll get Astros. You'll get White Sox. But you'll get baseball in general. We're not here to generalize one specific team. Limit us to one specific team. So without further ado, I'm just going to talk about. Uh, as you guys know, we're memorabilia and cards too. Real quick, just going to update people on my man cave that I used to talk about uh, in the show's beginning. And then we'll get into Billy and see if he's gotten any White Sox uh, pickups, even if it's not game used items or memorabilia or cards. We'll just see what's up. But uh, the man cave's coming along. I'm up to about six or seven jerseys hung now. Uh, game used is coming in at a premium. The Buccaneers obviously were expected to do real well this year. They haven't uh, lived up to the hype. They're still doing pretty good, though, so stuff isn't cheap. But I have gotten a couple cool things, a couple Ronald Jones jerseys, a game used jersey in from last year, a rookie premier jersey. Um, I've gotten a lot of things. I can't even uh, – Rudy Carpenter, former – Buccaneers quarterback, uh, DeMar Dotson, game-worn London jersey, practice jersey. A lot of Buccaneers memorabilia kind of to enhance the man cave. But one thing I kind of want to crack in on the memorabilia aspect real quick here is how hard it is and how important it is to treasure 2020 game use stuff no matter the sport. I got a couple baseball game use 2020 items. I actually got a White Sox Royals opening day Royals Stadium and Kauffman Stadium game use ball uh, because long story short, I was supposed to have White Sox season tickets last year. That didn't get to happen. I wanted people to know, not people to know, but I wanted a piece of history of, of the White Sox from 2020 still to, you know, kind of feel like I was at least there. I was a part of something. So I picked up a game use ball from McBroom. I believe it was McBroom was a batter. I can't remember the pitcher for the White Sox. It's a reliever. I'm drawing a blank here, but still pretty cool. Then I got a couple 2020 Cubs game use bats from this year. A Jason Hayward game use bat actually, which is pretty badass. And a Josh Fags Fagley 
game used bat when he was on the Cubs. So those are pretty cool. Football-wise, I haven't been fortunate enough to get anything from 2020 game used yet. Actually, that's wrong. I got a Los Angeles Chargers 2020 game-worn jersey from when they played the Bucks. Tillery, their defense alignment. I'm actually trying to sell that right now, though. So if you go on eBay, you look up Tillery, Chargers game-worn jersey, boom, he hit Tom Brady in it, boom, 2020 piece of history. Uh, my point is 2020 stuff is rare. Get it while you can. In a COVID year, it's not easy. It's never easy to get game used memorabilia, but in a COVID year especially. Billy, any White Sox uh, pickups, cards-related, memorabilia-related, maybe just even jerseys to wear? Any White Sox goodies or any sports stuff in general? Uh, nothing at the moment. Uh, I've been focusing a lot of my money on uh, Christmas gifts. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, you know, the fan shop's done me well. I've got uh, – few things for a few different people so can't go wrong with that i have been looking at game use memorabilia and uh it's it's going for a lot i remember seeing giolito game use stuff and like autograph balls going for like 75 at the end of last year and now they're like 300 for a ball and it's wow yeah and i don't know if you were aware but uh the white Sox actually had their garage sale they call it this past weekend what that is is um, the White Sox have, like, a couple equipment dudes go through, like, their uh, pretty much all their equipment, and they list stuff like even, you know, pairs of pants and, you know, helmets and game-used dirt and jars. Like, they had uh, Giolito's no-hitter game-used dirt for 50 bucks, and it's in a cool little jar. You could buy it. Yeah, it's a, uh, it, it was pretty cool, but the White Sox do a pretty good job of that. I'm not sure if there's still anything, but uh, I know there was some, like, pretty good players game-used pairs of pants for only, like, $10 for baseball player pants. Um, it, it's pretty cool. So they had some cheap stuff over there. The White Sox do it good. But as you said, this is a hobby that's getting expensive, especially the White Sox are getting better. So the more you look at that – it really factors into how good the teams do, and obviously the White Sox did really good last year. And after that good of a year, they have a new manager. People kind of expected a new managerial hire. A lot of people didn't expect this guy. He was rumored, I believe, by Bob Nightingale way back in the day, obviously, in the beginning in, uh, in the beginning initial uh, phases of the White Sox search after they let go of Rick Renteria, by the way, um, I'm a Cubs guy. Billy's a White Sox guy. I think we both appreciate what Ricky Renteria did for our franchises as he, in theory, helped the Cubs win a World Series. And, um, you know, the White Sox fans are hopeful that he, he did the same for the White Sox. So he's not a guy that gets you over the top. Uh, to my opinion, he's kind of like a Lovey Smith of baseball. He's a guy you like to coach your team. You enjoy having him around, but you don't think you're going to win the big dance with him. Uh, Billy, without further ado, Mr. Tony La Russa. And back in the day, you were a Cardinals guy more than a White Sox guy because Albert Pujols primarily. And then you were never not a White Sox guy, but now you're definitely way more White Sox. Uh, are you, how do you feel about this La Russa thing? I mean, obviously, you're experienced with him. He's a little old now. He had a DUI problem come out. Obviously, a lot of people... Nothing against that. It's not a bad thing. It's a hardship that many people overcome. Um, it's, it, it's something that a lot of people struggle with. But when you're a public figure, when you're Tony La Russa, you can't be doing that, especially at his age. 
you kind of just look at him. I mean, any age for DUI, you can't do it. But one time, now this is number two. Mm, not a good look. Yeah, not a good look at all. Uh, you know, I was a Cardinals fan. This might sound a little fair weather from, I want to say, 2006 to maybe like 2000, to the last World Series when Pujols left. So I, I like Tony La Russa. I, I did text my dad and brother in a group chat right as Ricky got fired. I said, La Russa, let's bring him back. And maybe should have not said that, not been so excited because it's looking like it's coming back to bite me right in the ass. Um, I will I will be very adamant on this real quick before you finish. Uh, you did say that Tony La Russa you'd be excited about in our group chat as well early on. And I will say, although I think the White Sox should have went with Bruce Bochy, they, they went with the guy who could sell some tickets. Um, you know, he, he's won World Series before. He's old school. Uh, that could be a good or bad thing. And free agents, I know he's a little bit of a hard-nosed old school guy, but people know Tony La Russa. Maybe he has a few tricks up his sleeve. Uh, having Tony La Russa could pay dividends. Obviously not a good look right now, though. Yeah, no, definitely not a good look. Uh, and to go with the free agency, I know was it Marcus Stroman said he is turned off by the idea of having Tony La Russa as a manager, not being able to you know, keep his personal life together. Uh, but Trevor Bauer said, honestly, I, I, I can't make a judgment before I don't, before I meet the guy. So, you know, I'm staying a little optimistic about that. Hopefully the Sox can put together a, a good recruiting package for Trevor Bauer, but you know, having, having a manager that turns guys off by his personal life is not a good thing to have. So I, I guess we'll see how this off season goes with free agency, but fingers crossed. One thing I do kind of miss now is it would have been kind of classic to see Joe Madden and Tony La Russa get a glass of wine together at the uh, <laughs> local uh, winery. You know, that would have happened a couple Hopefully times. Hopefully Joe Madden's the one driving home. Oh, man, no, we can't risk Joe. I think Joe has a pretty clean slate. So, you know, let's throw the uh, sleazeball La Russa. Let's get him a third. No, I'm kidding. Uh, it'll be interesting, though. I'm actually renewed into White Sox season tickets for the upcoming season. Billy, we're definitely going to have to go to a couple games. And, uh, yeah, you know where to find tickets if you want them for a cheap price. But, no, nonetheless, I'm uh, I'm itching to get back to baseball games. Uh, White Sox are going to have a good product. Cubs, on the other hand, we'll see where their fortune lays. Uh, they've made a lot of questionable moves in the past couple weeks that – Obviously started off with uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Theo Epstein uh, resigning, stepping down. And it makes sense on his behalf because pretty much the Cubs are too cheap. Uh, Ricketts have their hands in their pockets. They're too busy playing Monopoly when they should be playing baseball. So they're building all these uh, buildings. Epstein, would his contract would have expired. They wouldn't have renewed him. So he pretty much figured, why am I going to spend a year trying to win when this franchise, you know, wants to turn the page? After that happens, Kyle Schwarber, gone. Albert Elmore, gone. We expected Elmore for sure, although he was he's had some great times ever since his accident where he hit that sweetheart in the stands. Things were never the same. Obviously, he's a really good clubhouse guy, not a great baseball guy. Kyle Schwarber, on the other hand, in my opinion – 
Although his average is never there, his defense is questionable. I think he's still a good baseball talent. I think whoever gets him will be lucky. And, Billy, I really do think both the Cardinals and White Sox are perhaps legitimate contenders in the Kyle Schwarber sweepstakes. Out of Almora, Schwarber, Epstein, I mean, this hurts the Cubs, don't you think? And uh, what else could we see from the north side this offseason? Yeah, that's really tough. Uh, Schwarber, you know, he's good for 35 to 40 home runs a year. Uh, Almora's defense is usually spectacular. His bat, not so much. Theo said he'd be done after 10 years. Might as well leave after nine. Nothing he's going to do this year is going to impact the Cubs for next year when he's gone. So uh, might as well hand the reins down to, to Jed. They've been together since. Were they together in Boston? Yeah, they were together in Boston. And then when Theo left Boston, Jed went to San Diego for a little bit. And then uh, they rekindled the flame in Chicago. So that's pretty promising for the Cubs. He learned under one of the greatest uh, general managers of all time. And it's actually kind of funny because uh, they had Rizzo in Boston as a prospect, Theo and Jed. And then Jed went to San Diego. Who did Jed get from Boston? Anthony Rizzo in a trade. And then Jed and uh, Theo went to Chicago. And then Chicago traded Andrew Kashner. I don't know if you remember Kashner. He was a pitcher, uh, number 48, actually. He had a lot of potential, a good young arm. Theo and Jed traded him for Anthony Rizzo and actually at first Kashner had really good statistics and it looked like perhaps Padres won but obviously we know how that turned out so it'll be interesting to see besides Rizzo who the Cubs kind of uh, stick with on this team as you said Jed Hoyer at least it's not like we're left out to dark here it's not like Theo um, you know left us with without anybody honestly if Jed wasn't here Cubs fans might look at this a little differently, but since Jed is here, it's okay. My thing is this, David Ross, to me, never a great hire. I know a lot of people thought otherwise, but I was never too thrilled about it. I know a lot of people didn't like Joe Madden, but the Cubs didn't win for a very long time. And then in Joe Madden's very short time as the Cubs manager, it was what, playoffs, World Series, playoffs, 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 almost playoffs. Like, Okay, the guy obviously had his flaws. The guy had his daunts at, you know, bullpen usage and whatnot. I know a lot of people had his critiques, but correct me if I'm wrong, Billy. Say Tony La Russa comes in and say La Russa last, let's just say, given his age, uh, three to four years. Say first year White Sox go playoffs. Say second year they make the World Series and lose it. Say third year, he wins the World Series. Say fourth year, they have a winning record, don't make the playoffs, and he retires. Would you not be happy with that? I'd be pretty satisfied. A ring is a ring, and playoffs are the playoffs, and a winning team is fun to watch. So that I'm cool with. But by the time that fourth year comes around, he'll be, what, 100? So so I'm hoping they hire somebody as a bench coach to learn under him and figure it out and kind of see what he does right and see what he does wrong and learn from it. Um, He's proven. So I have confidence in him that he'll be able to coach this team up to winning standards, but hopefully he does it the right way. I don't want him, you know, making guys want to leave after the first year or two because they're like, this guy is not going to be able to hack it. 
Yeah, and we kind of seen that, honestly, in Chicago basketball the past couple of years with Jim Boylan. Uh, his coaching strategies tended, yeah, rest in peace, Holy Messiah, Mother Teresa, and the above to him. Uh, yeah, I think he's a FedEx driver now. I see a guy who looks like him that drops packages off in my work, actually. But, no, Jim Boylan was a uh, – you know, he was a bench coach who won championships with the Spurs, but he was a veteran coach who couldn't break his old habits, made guys work hard. Um, you hey, know, you liked him though. You liked him. Yeah, I, you know, he <laughs> never did anything wrong. Technically, guys just didn't want to play for him. Uh, you know, whether that's the Bulls' fault or his fault, I guess we'll see how Billy Donovan does with this constructed roster. But nonetheless. I guess my point is, um, you know, if a guy doesn't want to play for a coach, it's very hard to run the team. So we'll see how guys respond to La Russa. Um, I think the White Sox have a little bit of an edge on the Cubs right now, obviously, in terms of, um, you know, momentum going into the 2021 baseball season. I think the White Sox are in a position where they're looking to spend more money, and I think the Cubs are, are in a spot where they're looking to shed more money Billy, who is one guy that you could see the White Sox bringing in this offseason? I said it before. I say it again. A name that comes up in my mind is George Springer. Okay, so I've been reading a lot about this, and everybody that has been talking about it is saying that the Sox are not going for the top-tier guy, which is fine if they can get a high middle-tier guy. I don't believe it. I just I, I can't believe it. I, it could be smoke screens. I can see them getting the high tier guys a pitcher, but uh, I read today Michael Brantley, if they can get him in. I don't know if he's a free agent or if they'd have to acquire him through a trade, but he'd be a solid right fielder. Kyle Schwarber fits the role as the DH and left handed power. You're not going to like this one, but Chris Bryant, not a free agent. The Cubs will ask for a lot, but who knows if they'll even put a package together based on the Quintana trade. that Yeah, and not only that, the thing is now with Chris Bryant, the Cubs are kind of in the spot where they're looking to get a penny for the dollar. They could have, you know, gotten a lot for Chris Bryant a year ago. And my thing is at this point in time, they better not get rid of Chris Bryant. What's the point? Why would you get rid of him now? You might as well at this point in time let his contract play out. I mean, let's remember what, four or five years ago, the reason why the Cubs kept Chris Bryant in the minor leagues was to have him for this upcoming baseball season. And now we're trying to get him at his lowest valued, um, you know, value. I mean, right now the Cubs going to get a ton for him, let's be honest. He didn't have a great last year. I know you can't value a lot into that last season, but his past couple of years he's been trending down, but it's still Chris Bryant. This is a guy who could go to a team for cheap and have an MVP-type season. He's done it before. It, it could easily happen. A guy who's had this baseball talent at one point in time, who's had that, that much baseball talent at one point in time, just doesn't go talentless. Obviously, something is wrong with him. He could easily fix it, in my opinion. A change of scenery might do that. If the White Sox were able to swing a trade for Chris Bryant, I would be very upset unless we were perhaps to maybe get like a Nick Madrigal back in return. Probably um, would be like a one-for-one. One. I think that would suit both teams' needs. I know Madrigal had a pretty productive season in terms of batting average, but in terms of White Sox fits and star power, obviously 
Chris Bryant would be tremendous in that lineup. I mean, you put him with the likes of Luis Robert, Yasmani Grandal, et cetera, et cetera. That's going to be hard. And then uh, you give Nick Madrigal back to the Cubs. Billy, hypothetical, very hypothetical, but who? what would you say, Chris Bryant, Nick Madrigal? Uh, I wouldn't mind the trade. Nick Madrigal brings uh, – he'll get on base – which is perfect. He's a slap hitter, not a lot of power. And at the moment, Chris Bryant doesn't have that much power either. He's kind of that slap hitter, uh, you know, but you know, he's capable of it. So uh, he's got one year left of his contract. Nick Madrigal has what, five years of control left. So uh, if the Sox are really pushing to win the world series this year, they can move Larry Garcia to second base, put Chris Bryant in right field. And I, I can see this really working out. Um, I don't know if the Cubs would do that per se. They might ask for another pitcher. They don't really have the young pitching right now. So uh, maybe if they can package up Madrigal and Kopech, Bryant, and maybe somebody else, uh, a lower end prospect, they might do that. But I, I don't know. A guy can dream. It's interesting. Uh Whoever would have thought that the Cubs would be having this conversation at one point in time a couple years back, but it happens. I mean, you win a World Series, the team slowly depletes unless you create a dynasty. A lot of Cubs fans expected a dynasty, and although we didn't get a dynasty, we got a very good ball team, a ball club for a couple years, and I think that's what really the White Sox are trying to duplicate here. Um, obviously a dynasty is a dream goal, but to be honest, I think the White Sox to me should go all in for one. They already did the man. I mean, let's be honest here. La Russa is one squad on the toilet away from just, you know, not getting back up. <laughs> let's not, let's not cut quarters here. That dude's all he's taking risk. Okay. Like, it's kind of like the Buccaneers hired an old Bruce Arians. When you hire somebody that old, it's now or never. You know, it's a very short window to win. You're not looking to rebuild anytime soon. So it's very interesting to see that the White Sox are trending up in terms of going to win, and the Cubs are trending down and going to win now. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. Once again, you're listening to the Cardboard and Cracker Jacks pod. Uh, a little bit here. We're just uh, welcomed in by me and Billy for a couple more minutes before we have a special little cut. We did. Uh, we were lucky enough to be joined by Big Reekin, Mike Martinez from Big Reekin on Sports before we went on our hiatus. We previewed some upcoming offseason things with the Mets, and he uh, he predicted some things with the Mets, and we predicted some World Series, and I actually predicted the right World Series. Find out if I predicted the right winner. Um, yeah, stick around for this episode. There will be fun. It will be me and Jake joined by Mike, and as I said, it'll be me, Billy, Jake. The three of us will keep riding the ship for this. No matter what, you'll have a weekly episode, two episodes, whatever it is. Billy, uh, what are your other thoughts? I know we're not going to get into too much baseball here, but with the winter meetings and uh, obviously you, they were virtual this year. I just want to hear your thoughts on Tony La Russa being the only manager to not attend those. Do you think he just couldn't get in virtually or what do you think the issue was? That's a, that's a really high pop probability. I know it's tough to even figure out, tell my grandparents how to figure out how to work Zoom. So <laughs> it takes like 30 minutes, like, nope, click this button. 
now you're muted. You're muted. You have to unmute yourself. And then it's like, by that time it's 30 minutes gone by, you're like, all right, I got to go. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's par partially has to do with his pending court case. Realistically. I know he is filing for a misdemeanor to lower it. So I can I think the White Sox should figure out what happens there if he gets charged for a DUI, see you later. We'll get somebody else. Bring in AJ Przinsky. Let's fucking go. But until then, I think he should kind of stay away from, you know, the day-to-day -day operations uh, as to the winter meetings. Yeah, we'll see what happens, uh, man. If yeah, we'll see. I guess we'll see what happens in court. We'll let the uh, legal system handle it. But it could be the beginning of the end before it even all starts for Tony Larusa. And uh, I don't know what guaranteed contracts are locked up. But to me, the only thing that um, hinges on that is the White Sox did know about this before the hiring. So if they were comfortable with this, they obviously knew it was probably going to get out at some point in time. To me, unless uh, fans go in front of a Comiskey Park, I still call it Comiskey, unless they go in front of Comiskey Park with uh, pitchforks and um, baseball bats. I don't think much is going to change here. Before we cut to Jake, myself, and Mike, Billy, any last words on uh, our Rebirth episode? And where can the great people follow you at on Twitter? Yeah, I'm just excited to be back. Um, brought on full time, hopefully. And uh, we're going to get this thing going. We're going to get this thing off the ground and get, get it running. Um, thank you for the opportunity. I'm excited. And the people can follow me on Twitter at bgranats95. Um, not the best at tweeting, but hey, I'll become better for the people. I'll become better for the people. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to have fun here. Cardboard and Cracker Jacks is not going away. We're going to be tweeting. We're going to be keeping the account alive. We're going to grow the show. We're back. We're going to – it's not just the Astros show, okay? Like, uh, don't get lost in the asterisks. If we do – Jake loves Astros, the – Astros, not asterisks, Astros. Ah, Jake, oh, Jake loves the Astros. Uh, you know, they're a good team to talk about, but we're, we're more than just that. So, we're excited to be back. Uh, like I said uh, – we're here and it's going to be me and Billy, Jake, me and Billy, whatever we do, we're going to get through this. Uh, we're going to keep growing the show once a week. Follow us on Twitter at Cracker Jacks Pod. Once again, you can follow me on Twitter at Tricky Tones BGTE. Billy said his. He's Billy. I'm Tricky Tones Tampa Tones. Thanks so much for joining us for the first half. Stay, stick around. Stay tuned. Join me, Big Mike, and Jake as we preview the baseball offseason and see if we were right about the world series thanks so much until next week goodbye we are out next up we have a very special guest joining the cardboard and cracker jacks podcast he is a phenomenal guy go check him out he's also a part of the tspn time skew podcast network his podcast covers a very very big array of sports it's ohio and new york it's awesome you guys would love it there's mets talk there's ohio state talk there's browns talk without further ado we're going to bring him in himself the man the myth the legend big reeking on sports big mike how we doing my man we're doing good boys house things we're doing pretty good we're doing pretty good uh thanks for finding time to come on absolutely 
So I just want to kind of talk to you guys a little bit. Jake's the Astros brain. Mike Big Reekin is a Mike or is a Mets brain. Mike, we'll start with you. What has your thoughts been on the Mets season so far? I know it's not what you've expected it to be. They've had a lot of obstacles with Stroman's situation, with Cespedes' situation, with McNeil being injured often. What's your thoughts on how the Mets have performed at this point? I know it's a little under the weather, but what are your thoughts on that? Honestly, if I had to use one word to describe this Mets season, it'd be inconsistency. Um, we would have a night where they would pitch outstanding and they couldn't hit Monday night. DeGrom was absolutely lights out. Um, but then we'd have nights where we scored 32 runs and back-to-back starts for him. It, it, they just couldn't put it together. Is it, uh, is it the short season? Probably. Is it that the guy who hit 53 bombs last year got off to a bad start? Could be. McNeil was hurt. You, you mentioned Stroman. Uh, previously, when we've done this before, him opting out didn't help the pitching. Walker spent time on the injured list. Inconsistency out of the bullpen. But here we are with a couple of days left, and they're still in it. They actually have a re- – they're down 4-2 to two right now to Tampa. Your boy Dom Smith had another bomb tonight, by the way. Yes. Um, he, uh, and they got a rally going late in the game. So – it's like last year. I After the first half of the year, I was like, okay, this is going to be playing out the string. Alonzo's going to try and win a rookie of the year. DeGrom's going to win the Cy Young. And then all of a sudden, all hell broke loose. And we were in it till the end of September. We need a lot of help, but it could make the year even better. If it was to end tonight, let's say they lose and there's no way they can get in, the one takeaway I would have is um, if he throws another strong start on Saturday, DeGrom's going to win his third straight Cy Young. Uh, if he has a better second, a better, a good last week of the season, I think my plan of moving Pete Alonso to third base has to happen, and Dom Smith has to play every day. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm disappointed with where it ended up, but I think with the new owner who has more money than God, uh, we could be set up for the long haul. And I don't mean a lot of free agents. I just did a Mets episode the other night. Resign Conforto. Bring Stroman back. Bring Syndergaard back. Move Rosario to center field. Move Jimenez to short. Get rid of Robinson Cano. You guys want him in Houston? No, we don't. Damn. <laughs> um, <laughs> come on, man. Do me a stop. <laughs> Not with that contract. No. <laughs> That's true. Uh, move, move Cano um, and move McNeil back to second base. Make this what 2015, the hat I have on was, and be a mostly homegrown team with filling in with the veterans and the free agents and whatnot. This is a team that can win right now and can win for years to come. Listen, Seven Line Army, loyal to the last out. I'm a lunatic, but I'm also a pragmatist. This season has been hurtful, but there's a lot of great things to take away. So... Come on, boys. Get me some runs here. Let's go. The, uh, the, the, the weird thing about the Mets is, like, I mean, every year I mean, they, they have the star power. I mean, Pete, Pete Alonzo last year was crazy. Um, Jeff McNeil's a great hitter. And then, I mean, DeGrom, the, I mean, the, the pitching staff the past few years has been toward the top of the league, and they've had a decent bullpen. It's just every year just seems to be 
some reason why they're not putting it all together. I mean, I expected them to, in in this year of, of, of all years, for sure, make the playoffs. And when I looked at the standings and saw that they were like five, six games under, under 500, I was, I was shocked. It's been rough. I mean, it, listen, Edwin Diaz has been a revelation as compared to last year. He's striking out 18 guys per nine innings. Um, but the problem is he's the blown saves have been big and in bunches. Um, DeGrom has been otherworldly. I, mean, I don't know if you guys caught any of the uh, stuff from Monday night. He struck out the side against Tampa on 10 pitches on Monday night. The three strikeout pitches were fastballs at 100, dotting the black. Wow. That's not even fair. And, Jake, you know what that's like having Verlander down there. It's yeah, just yeah, not I mean, fair. It can, it'll single-handedly win you ballgames. Yeah, and, and the thing with him, too, is he's – since he's be, and I'm using the Matt Harvey uh, word here. Since he's become Batman, he hasn't really had Robin. I think he's got Robin and maybe even a third sidekick with Seth Lugo and David um, Anderson, the lefty. Uh, that they picked up out of Oregon. Um, he is outstanding. He just struck out 10 Braves the other night. So I think the pieces are there. And to, you know, steal a line from Lou Brown in Major League, they just need something to bring it all together. I think the new ownership is going to bring it all together because now the fans are going to be there in droves next year. I just – and we're there this year. It's just cardboard cutouts. I'm actually going the 17th of October and picking mine up. So don't think I won't have a co-host one night. Um, <laughs> but in all seriousness, they can put this thing together rather quickly, kind of like your boys did, where you, you get there a little bit ahead of schedule, but you keep it going because you have guys signed. The Mets can do the same thing, especially now with the influx of cash coming into the franchise with Steve Cohen taking over. Yep, I mean, if you look at the Astros and the Cubs, they kind of built the same way. They kind of built ahead their time a little bit. I could see the Mets doing the same thing. We're seeing the White Sox do that a little bit now. We'll see. Oh. The, the, the one thing is we'll have to see next year in a very long season, could these teams that made the playoffs this year be as productive next year, or did they come out firing for 60 game shortened season? And that's why I said, like the Marlins, for example, will they be as good next year? Who knows? Who knows? Probably not, you know. But this year, they might sneak their way in, and that'd be um, wild if the Marlins get in. So for 162 games compared to 60 games, we're going to see a lot of differences. One quick question. Um, Big Reek and Mike, I don't know how the Mets did it, but I know how other stadiums did it. If somebody hit a Mets um, cutout with a ball, foul ball home run, would you get that ball or something like that or no? No, they didn't do it that way. I was hoping they would because I had actually told my wife to uh, – because Oakland was 50 bucks for the cutout, and if you paid the 150 you got the ball if it hit it. I, always, I told my wife 150 bucks needs to be on hand at all times. Um, but no, they weren't even going to give the cutouts out, but then they decided to, I got the email tonight. Uh, so I'm going down to city field on the 17th of October and picking it up. Um, speaking of the postseason, did you see Clevenger's hurt and done? He's done. Yeah, he's done. Yeah. Bicep guaranteed. Oh, so man. there's the Cleveland trading someone and they're garbage. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe Tito knows something that we don't. Maybe he's a wizard or something. Speaking of trades, 
Astros fan, Mets fan, I want to ask you guys a hypothetical. Off-season 2020, Mets-Astros are talking. You guys are the GMs right now. Uh, Jake, we'll start with you. Who are you trying to take from the Mets? And then Big Reek in your rebuttal, who are you trying to take from the Astros? Realistic, realistic. Don't be like, oh, I'm going to take Pete Alonzo. Before you say it, if the words Jacob DeGrom come out of your mouth, it's going to cost you Correa, Bregman, and half your farm system. Okay, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna put some names out right now that we'll just say we'll say Bregman is no, we'll say Alonzo is no, we'll say Degrom is no, and we'll just throw um you know Verlander in his no if we want to for fun. Verlander anyways, he's done. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I I want Seth Lugo. I mean, I want um. Or I mean, I'm sure you guys got it. Got a setup man that's better than. Whoever is in our bullpen, I I will go into depth about our bullpen in a few minutes, but it's been horrible. So that's that's really the one thing we got to upgrade. Jake, take heart in one thing. At least it's not the Phillies. Is it is it is it that bad? With their nine ERA, yeah. At least it's not the Phillies. (laughs) The problem with with us trying to make a trade tone is very simple. The Mets and the Astros when you're a fan or you're looking at it pragmatically, the building blocks we have are in our minds as even pragmatists and what we want to do to get better. They're untouchable. They're too good. Yeah. I, um, I would tell you this. All kidding aside, not Cano. I would trade you Ahmed Rosario for either rotation help or minor league depth. If I got enough of it, Jimenez is the real deal. He's too good not to play. Unless they move Rosario to center field, that's an issue. I can see a Brandon Nimmo, Ahmed Rosario package somewhere. I don't know the Astros farm system or pitching that well. So I don't want to kind of just throw something out to throw something out. But I could see them using those two guys in a package. If Houston's got pitching that we can get, great. If the Cubs have pitching we can get, which, Tone, I know you know they – don't have pitching anyone can get. Uh, that's the tough part. If I knew the Astros better, I could try and put a deal together. But when you think Houston, you think the big boys. Yeah. So well, it's too tough. I mean, I like Jimenez, but our infield right now, I mean, first base, uh, Guriel is going to be a free agent. I, I, I have a feeling Guriel is going to come back next year. Uh, but we have Altuve, Correa, and Bregman. So our infield is pretty much set. Yeah. The next few years, assuming Correa gets re-signed, which that's a big assumption. But uh, other than bullpen, I mean, we're going to need, need, need outfield help. Um, our three opening day starters going into this year are, are all free agents. Brantley only signed a two-year deal? Uh, Brantley was a two-year deal. Uh, Josh Rydeck, I think, was a four-year deal or five-year deal, but expires this year. Uh, George Springer is set to be a free agent. Um, yeah, he's going to the Yankees. He's from Connecticut. I mean, I, I would cry if he went to the Yankees. Um, Kyle Tucker has been great. He's the only guy that's actually um, uh, that's long term. Um, uh, it's kind of half sarcastic, but I miss Jake Marisnik. So if if you guys want to send us back Jake Marisnik, he's hurt. Oh man, <laughs> he was an Astros a fan favorite ever since he uh, got traded here from the Marlins. So. I'd say, I'd send you back Marisnik for a minor leaguer. 
we're all we're all kind of in a similar spots here too. We're all losing longtime key veterans this offseason. Astros Ruddick, he had some great moments. Mets Cespedes, he had some really good moments with them. Cubs John Lester, he had some phenomenal moments with us. I'm gonna start with you, Big Reek, and which of these three guys will you miss seeing in their respective city the most? Um, I will miss Cespedes, and I will say it this way, and I'll show the camera again. Is it from the 2015 World Series? I don't have this hat if Yoana Cespedes is not made, is not sent to the Mets for um, really Michael Fulmer because the other guy never saw the made never saw the big leagues. Um, I will miss Cespedes. I will miss hearing the beginning of the Lion King when he comes to the plate. Um, I will miss his. His energy uh, as a member of the ball club. I, after reading more of why he opted out, I don't blame him. They were trying to screw my money, so good for you, yo. I hope he catches on. Listen, if you need outfield help and he can run, Jake Cespedes is an absolute monster at the dish. Well, yeah, I'll miss Cespedes, of course, being a Met fan, but I'll tell you what. I will miss Lester because he's a bulldog. And that's the kind of pitcher I used to like watching, other than not throwing a first base. That used to drive me nuts. I don't know. I never understood how the hell, how can't somebody throw it to first base? I mean, it's probably a head game. I, I have to agree with you. Yoane Cespedes, I love the guy. I have his Oakland Athletics jersey from his time in Oakland, yeah. even before he was on the Mets and Tiger. Well, before he was on the Tigers, even. But, man, this guy had incredible moments on the Mets. And he actually, not that his average was great, but he had a few big bombs to start this year. He was showing signs of getting his stroke back a little bit. Yeah. And then he opted out. And like you said, reason surfaced you can't blame him for doing so and i have to agree with you on lester he's a bulldog he's a gamer um you know he just wants to play baseball so that's great to see jake what will you miss about ruddick the most as an astro because as we know it they have a lot of other guys to sign ruddick's probably the odd man out in my opinion um i mean i don't think he's the only one leaving I mean, I think Reddick is the only one that's a for sure going to be leaving. Um, but Reddick, uh, I think his value more to the Astros, uh, the Astros fan base, and just the Astros in general, past few years was more than his actual value as as a player. Uh, I mean, all the, um, I mean, like a couple of years ago, I don't know if either of you uh, knew this, but. Um, there was one game in like the first week of like the season where there was like no fans in attendance. It was like the 15th inning. Um, and there was like no fans left and Reddick came up and a couple of fans in the crowd started wooing. Like, um, what's that guy? Rick yeah. Flair. Yeah. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. And like it reverberated like around the entire stadium. Cause there was like no one there anymore. And from that point on, Every time he's at the plate, home or away, you can hear on TV just constant people wooing. And That's great. It's it's now like his walk-up thing every mm -hmm. time. Like now, even when there's no fans in the stands, they have it going on in in in, in the background. So it's it's kind of like his thing. Um, Astros fans have gotten very frustrated with 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 him with the past year because he's he's not as good as he used to be, um, but he's still an Astros fan favorite. Um, has some pretty legendary celebrations during some of their uh, postseason series clinching celebrations. Uh, 
walk around like in a in a small bathing suit or. Uh, I was gonna ask, is he the guy in speedo? Yeah. yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Just like stuff like that. Uh, I mean, he's he's a funny guy. He's a cool guy. So it's it's kind of gonna suck seeing him leave, but it is what it is. Um, I but the main guy, I think all Astros fans are gonna be really missing is George Springer. Um, assuming, I mean, I'm starting to just assume he's going to be gone, um, which just sucks. Like, I mean, he's uh, probably the most popular Astro in the past, I mean, probably at least the last 15 years since Bidjo and Bagwell. And that's saying something with, with Jose Altuve there. Um, I mean, he's, 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 he's my favorite player by far. Uh, and, like, not just, like, on the field, like um, – his whole thing that he has with like stuttering with the, with the stuttering association for, for the youth for say, which as someone who, who stutters, it just, uh, he's just an awesome guy. And um, yeah, it, it just sucks, but still hold, holding out hope. He's going to stay, he's going to resign. He's going to get a monster deal wherever he comes from. Um, and actually uh, there's a bunch of people that are on Twitter that are Mets fans that have been trying to push for the Mets to resign him. So <laughs> if he can, he play center. Field? I know he's played right field mostly most of his career. If he can play center field, bring it. I don't want to move Conforto. He's, he's a dynamite center fielder. Then Steve Cohen better write the check. Yeah, he, he played right field. Maybe the first two years he's been in center that at least the last three years. Okay, yeah, then he'll probably be on the Mets radar um, just because now they can have a radar. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, my ultimate offseason would then be George Springer and JT Realmuto, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, those are, those are probably going to be two of the top guys out there. So And a new bullpen, for God's sake. And those guys would be the perfect solution to the, you know, core of the Mets lineup. They're always looking for that big hitter kind of. Both of those guys would be those big hitters. They're kind of just looking to fill that lineup. But, yeah, Josh Reddick and his wrestling is incredible. Actually, today we lost a good one in Laurinaitis. That was sad to see. Wow. It was devastating. I've seen Big Reek and tweeted about it with the Cleveland Me podcast. Shout out to Cleveland Me. Um, it was just hard to see. Or I just wanted to sneak in our um, thoughts and prayers or with uh, the wrestling family and them today. But, other than that, guys, we're going to switch gears a little bit here. Big Ten football is back, okay? We have Big Ten. They announced it. I, I'm really weirded out by one thing, though, real quick, before we get into opener schedule real quick and whatnot. They said that it's returning the weekend of October 23rd, and the Big Ten's usually famous for putting a game on, that fr on Fridays. Usually you get Michigan State, sometimes a – U of I, Jake actually went down to U of I games on Fridays before, but usually Big Ten puts games on Fridays. This time they didn't. Why would they say they are coming back the weekend of October 23rd when they're really just coming back the 24th? I think the sooner the better for them to get going. I think they could have capitalized that Friday night with the game. Big Reekin, what are your thoughts? Should they have capitalized? I don't care who that game would have been. It could have been Penn State, Indiana, or whatever they wanted to put on. Well, the question is, are we sure Northwestern is not playing that Friday night? Are they? Because the, the, I know for a fact twice in the last 15 years Ohio State's played Northwestern on a Friday night. Um, 
right now I'm actually pulling up the schedule. I don't have it as memorized as I used to. Well, it, it, you know, there were only about 30 copies of schedules this year that went out there too. So opening yeah. weekend, Northwestern is hosting Maryland on the 24th. Okay. So they're not playing Friday night. Um, as far as the Friday night games go, that would have been nice uh, to get it going. But listen, the fact that we're getting it is what I'm really excited about. Um, and we actually, we got your boys in the 28th in Champaign. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's usually rivalry weekend. So that, that's, yeah, um, no, rivalry weekend is actually my son's birthday. <laughs> my son turned 17 on the 12th of December. And I said, why don't you come down to the house, watch us whoop uh, that team up north again for the ninth year in a row. And he said he'd rather spend the day with his girlfriend. Don't blame him. But, yeah, it'll be nine in a row on December 12th. We'll start there. Now, what do you guys think? I mean, Ohio State opens up against Nebraska. U of I opens up against Wisconsin. Penn State opens up against Indiana. So, I think U of I obviously draws the hardest matchup opening up against Wisconsin. Not saying that Indiana and Nebraska are bad programs, but as we know, they're not your keystones of the Big Ten as Wisconsin is. Jake, we'll start off with you. How do you feel about week one for U of I? How do you feel about opening up against Wisconsin? Um, I mean, I think it's pretty cool because uh, it's almost one year to the date that Illinois beat Wisconsin last year. Good point. Which, which might be a negative uh, because, <laughs> because uh, the very start of that game week, I think it was October 19th, so the very start of that game week is going to be the anniversary. So I'm sure that will be bulletin board material for Wisconsin. Um, not really expecting them to repeat what happened last year. Um, I would say that I, I, I think Illinois is vastly underrated going into this year. Um, Agreed. They are still uh, projected to be the bottom of the Big Ten West. Uh, and they were 6-6 six and six last year. And they have pretty much all of their returning starters. This is the best roster they've had in, like, the past 13, 14 years. Um, so as the original schedule was, was going to be, um, the, the projection for Illinois uh, is probably going to be probably seven wins, maybe eight, if they're lucky. Um, so they're that kind of team. Um, I would say with, with this schedule, probably going to be four and four, um, maybe five and three. If they're four and four, I'll be happy. Uh, 500 in a, in a big 10 season, uh, for us is very successful. Never happened in a long time. So, um, and actually Illinois, Ohio state in the second version of of the schedule was going to open up on a Thursday night in Champaign. So I was really hoping that was going to happen, but it ended up not happening. But, oh, well. <laughs> and Ohio, Ohio State opens up against the fake Big Ten team in Nebraska. Um, Big Mike, how do you – The next uh, two weeks later when they play Rutgers. Yeah. You, I, I, how do you – Mike, how do you feel about your opener? Not only that, how do you feel about teams like Rutgers, Nebraska, and Maryland joining the Big Ten? I'm personally not a fan. Well, I'm not a fan of the competition, but I'm a fan of this. I'm an hour and 40 minutes north of Rutgers. Oh, there you go. Three years ago now, I was in the front row on the Rutgers sideline for JT Barrett's last game against Rutgers. 
We're tickets a dollar. Huh? We're tickets a dollar for that game by chance. I actually got them from a friend of the family who got the seats from a professor at Rutgers. That's pretty cool. Literally from me to my kitchen from the tunnel. If my phone hadn't died, I had Nick Bosa laughing because I'm a forty, I'm almost forty year old fat man who's screaming "IO" at the top of his lungs at these boys going in. He was dying. <laughs> uh, as as far as the other team you mentioned, so Rutgers, I'm okay with because I can go down there and watch a game. Uh, Nebraska, listen, man, Scott Frost is going to make that program something. You got to give him time. That he's got a Martinez under center. There's a little bias there. Um, he's going to make them good. So they are going to be a force in the Big Ten West. Not yet. I don't think this year either. And they're going to get their clocks cleaned on the, 14th, on the 24th of October. Um, Maryland, I like it for hoops. Um, they gave us a hard time a couple years ago going into the Michigan game uh, with Haskins. But that's also because we overlooked them and we're looking forward to playing the top defense in the country the next week. Listen, the Big Ten is always so much fun. I adore Big Ten football, and I got it from living in Ohio for a while, so it's just kind of been, you know, injected into the veins. Um, if I can detour real quick, we talked about Animal before, um, who passed away today. I don't know if – I know Tone, I mentioned it in the tweet. I don't know if you knew this, Jake, but that's uh, James Laurinaitis' father, who really? played linebacker at Ohio State and for the Rams. Yeah. So that's where – that's where that one hit me because he would walk into the he would walk into the big house in full Legion of Doom gear. Yep. But it wasn't it was scarlet and gray. It was phenomenal, and people would look away from him because they didn't want to mess with him. Um, but listen, the Big Ten is going to be fun this year. You have Ohio State had Sean Wade and Wyatt Davis, both All Americans, probably both first round draft picks, opt back in. And Sean Wade had the best troll in the world. He had the picture of Trevor Lawrence laid on his back in the Fiesta Bowl when he hit him. And it said, hey, sunshine, I'm back. <laughs> uh, so, listen, I like the Bucks this year. I can see them running the table. Um, as long as they win on the 12th of December, I don't care. Uh, but I can see them going 9-0, and including that Champions Week, which I think is a great idea, by the way. Um, yeah, the I agree. Yeah, the two top teams in each division. I don't know if you saw this, Tom. But the two top teams in each division will play the Big Ten Championship game, and then you'll have a game between two and two, three and three, which I think is really cool. I love that. Uh, I love that. And it gets you the ninth conference game, which there are a lot of conferences that are playing full seasons that only do that. I'm doing a Big Ten in a couple weeks, so I'm going to do a deep dive on them in that in the next couple weeks. But I will say this. Justin Fields is on a mission for a Heisman and a national championship. And after the way they got screwed out of the Fiesta Bowl, I don't see him being denied. I don't just got to find that pressure. I don't see him being denied either. I honestly think he's the best. Um, I think personally he's the best quarterback in college football. If I were a team drafting a quarterback, I would prefer him over Trevor Lawrence, myself, for in, in the NFL draft upcoming. There's just something about this guy. He's got the grit to win ball games, And I'm not discrediting Trevor Lawrence. I still like Trevor Lawrence a lot. I think both of them are going to be very good, but something special about Justin Fields. And 
I think it's it's important, and I, I think it's cool you did mention how you could go to Rutgers. And I'm not discrediting Nebraska, Rutgers, Maryland from being in the Big Ten. I just think it's interesting how, you know, they call it the Big Ten, and we keep adding and moving pieces around in the yeah. Big Ten. But nonetheless, it is cool. It, it, it's always good football. It's like offensive line galore in the Big Ten. I mean, these guys, they produce. And lately, I mean – a lot of running backs have been coming from the Big Ten, too. You've had the two big ones from Penn State themselves and Saquon and Miles Sanders come out and whatnot. So it's been good to see Zach Moss came out to uh, Buffalo and whatnot. Ohio State always has the big old running backs. Every year they, they seem to produce. Just look what Dobbins did the first two weeks for the Ravens. Yeah, I think um, – Throwing things. And week two, he was phenomenal against Houston. Mark Ingram's not going to have a job soon. I think fantasy owners are ready to rip their hair out who drafted Mark Ingram, um, you know, because Dobbins has really proven what he could do. And even Gus Edwards has hopped in a little bit and taken a good amount of carries. So Mark Ingram's, yeah, not to go down that rabbit hole, but I agree. Um, the running backs out of Ohio State are endless. I do hope that U of I returns to bowl game status year in and year out. They made one last year. Let's hope for two years in a row. Lovey Smith has fi finally proven um, his worth there. I think it's it's taken a little bit. Guys, we got about eight minutes left. Jake, real quick before we go on to our last segment, what are your thoughts on Lovey Smith and what he has done to this U of I program? Uh, it's it's weird because like last year was like a total tale of two halves. Uh, up until that Wisconsin game, uh, we were two and four. Uh, we were on a, on a four-game loss streak, um, and people wanted Lovey's head. And uh, and then they won against Wisconsin, riled off four wins in a row, and things completely changed. So, uh, if you asked me like a year ago, I'd be I'd be calling for his head. So, um, yeah. But hopefully, this year is just more of a continuation of the second half of last year. Um, I, I do think he's a solid coach. Uh, there, there are some things with his, uh, with his game techniques, uh, time management, that is a very large issue. But as far as uh, building the roster, I mean, they, they have a good roster. They have an actual Big Ten roster now. Um, first, a, co a couple years of, his, uh, of him coaching, it was, like, it was like a Big Ten team against like a D3 team. That's what it seemed like. And now we actually have fast, big, Big Ten guys who can who can hit hard, who can catch the ball. We have an actual quarterback now. Brandon Peters is actually pretty good. He's been really good. Yeah. Uh, so I'm on the love you train for the time being. I'm still a little skeptical because uh, last year's glory really came in a one-month stretch. But other than that, it was not that great. So – I'm going into this year still a little skeptical, but there's no excuses. This is they have a good roster this year, so if if he if he craps the bed, then it's going to go right back to how it was a year ago. Big Reek, and you got any thoughts on Lovey Smith? Quick before we move to our final topic. I think Lovey's a great hire. I love the beard. Um, I listen. You're right. He's got a Big Ten roster now, and yeah, I do love the beard. I think it's great. Um, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I, I like Lovey there. Um, listen, don't forget, Lovey took the Bears to a Super Bowl. Yes. So there's that. 
he definitely did take the Bears to Super Bowl, and although his time in Tampa didn't go that well, he still uh, had a respectable year with the Bucks. a year that they did have the first overall pick. They went 2-14 and 14 the year before, and then he took him to 6-10. and 10. He had a four-game improvement there, so that was good to see in his last year. I mean, he's just a class act, too. Lovey Smith is one of those guys who you could rely on. Guys, we have five minutes left. World Series predictions. Let's hear him. Don't disappoint. Big Mike, we'll start with you. Who's winning the World Series this year and why? The Dodgers. Because very simply, Kershaw's Kershaw again, and he's not pitching game one. And it's a neutral field. You're down in the barn, because let's be honest, that's what that ballpark looks like. Uh, listen, you have a lineup with Muncie and Betts and Turner and Bellinger. And I can keep going. You have a pitching staff that's being anchored by a hard-throwing righty, which we all know, those are the dudes who win in the postseason. Kershaw's coming in at number two. They got a good back end of the bullpen, and they got a deep bench. Dave Roberts has tested two World Series trips in the last couple years. Dodgers get it done first time since 88, unless the Mets get in. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, no, I like the Dodgers. And as much as it pains me, and I pray to God they beat the Yankees. You think it's going to be Dodgers Yankees? No, I think it's going to be Dodgers. Uh, to be honest with you, I think it's going to be Dodgers Cleveland. I, I like Cleveland. They got the pitching to take them there for sure. Bieber's a stud. I mean, they just always pull these young pitchers out of nowhere. I mean, some of them are big prospects, but the majority of them are not. I feel like so. Whoever's been the pitching coach um, and their minor league pitching coaches have been doing a tremendous job. They just have to tell them to not go out and party and post it on their Instagrams. Or so. get traded to San Diego. Yeah, or get traded to San Diego and then become out for the year. Jake, real quick, if you can't pick the Astros, you can't pick Dusty Baker's toothpicks, who are you picking? Pick them anyway. <laughs> oh, okay. So I'm, you could you could pick them. <laughs> I am I I mean, as 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 much as I would like to say the Astros, it just it just doesn't seem like it's in the cards this year. Uh, but I'm gonna go out on a limb. I'm going to say it's going to be Padres versus Rays. But my real answer is anybody but the Yankees. <laughs> anyone but the Yankees, I'll be happy. <laughs> hey, I think you two are in agreement on anyone but the Yankees. But let's be honest. I don't think the Yankees have what it takes to make the World Series this year. I mean, I don't think they do either. I this, mean, I've, I've watched a bunch of their games, and I've come away unimpressed. They've had a lot of struggles this year. They weren't impressive when I've tuned into them. They're a banged-up bag of bricks, let's be honest. A lot of their players are taped in bubble wrap. They could uh, get injured at any given time between Stanton, Judge. It's guys like that, and let's be honest. I mean, not that they've been paying pitchers big dollars to be some of the top pitchers in baseball the last few years. They're not earning their keep so far. Uh, they're they're good pitchers, but they're they're not pitching like great pitchers. So that's interesting. If I were to say, I mean, I'm a Cubs fan. I hope we make it. But if I can't pick the Cubs in the World Series this year, I would have to say I think the Dodgers will lose the World Series. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say the Dodgers do lose the World Series. Who they would lose to, I mean, I think there's a few teams in the AL. The Rays are phenomenal. 
I think uh, the Indians are going to put up a hell of a fight, so that would be interesting. I don't know. I just hope uh, AL team wins. But I'm with you guys. Anyone but the Yankees out of the AL, too. Let's make it three for three there. Um, any well, last Way, Monday night, DeGrom gave up as ma- has finally given up as many runs this year as uh, Garrett Cole's given up home runs. <laughs> That's incredible. Uh, and Garrett Cole's making how many million to give up that many home runs a year? 180 more than the Mets paid Jacob DeGrom. That is inc- that, that's insane. That's wild. So that just goes to show even when you pay a guy, even when you got a lot of money, it might not be winning when you sign these big free agents. I mean, look at Robinson Cano, guys like that. When you make these moves for these big guys, Jason Hayward for us besides his glove, it, it doesn't always end well. Guys, thank you so much. It's been a lot of fun tonight. Um, it's always a pleasure, Big Reekin. I can't wait to do this again. Astros Jake will always be on Big Reekin. Quick final words. We got about 20, 30 seconds. Uh, real quick, thank you so much, Tony. And like I said before, we're going to get Alex back on. We're going to do a postseason preview probably sometime next week. Um, and this has been a blast. Jake, thank you so much. Yep. Gentlemen, have a great rest of your week. And um, we'll see you soon. Yep. Thank you. See you soon, Jake. Thanks as always. Guys, we'll be back at you with Cardboard and Cracker Jacks. Uh, Big Reek and I can't wait to hop on with you and Alex. Sounds like a plan, man. See you guys.